It is Super Bowl week for Sims and Lefko. How are you guys doing? Oh, doing great. Doing great. How are you? Well, technically, I'm in the past, the future, and the present Ooh, at the you same are. time. You are so tricky. This podcast is coming out Monday morning, which means it's the start of Super Bowl week. Sims has been in Atlanta since Sunday. Mm-hmm. I and Josh, it's not the correct way to say that. That's all right. Are landing this morning, but we needed to get a podcast out to you guys because we know it's the biggest week of the year. Sims isn't happy, but I am thrilled right. to be doing Sims it. will be there on Monday to do the podcast. You guys are lazier and getting there late. I don't know what else to say. So instead, we're doing it in a monsoon on Thursday in New York. So, of course, if you guys me. are there, Dantana's <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we have three podcasts I've and a show. I've been ready to explode all morning, and now Sims is making fun of me for puffing my chest out and then deciding not to explode. Yes. So now is. I'm good. Yes. Good, Did you good, see him good, do good. it? He didn't know what he was about to say. Yeah, something. He wanted to go. an animal that He wanted does to that? go, cut the podcast. No, I wouldn't do that. Uh, I think it's called a mockingbird. They make their chest go out to improve when they're pressed. Their, no, to impress their Erica's. Well, I do when that. When they want yeah. to impress Erica, they flex their breasts. That's how I breasts. won Erica over. I was at the bar. I puffed my chest out, and she noticed. She said, who is who I would that say it was guy? your calf muscles. Your chest It could have been impressive. my calves. Yeah, right. I was wearing shorts, so. <clears throat> yeah. All right. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough about my calves. Uh, so we're going to be spending a lot of time during the week talking about the games, interviewing players. We have a great lineup. I'm hearing a, a possibility that a world-famous DJ might be introing us every day. I saw on Instagram his ticket. I don't want to give it away, but... Jay-Z. Let, bigger. <laughs> bigger. Much bigger. But what we've done is we put out on social, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, what would your questions be uh, for a mailbag? So we're going to do one, some football, some fun, some pod, just to kind of set the tone. And Josh is going to be our fearless driver. Yes. And just to remind everyone, because we do this for every mailbag, it was not that long ago that we would put out a request for questions yes. and the only people that would respond were Mark Bajan and Seahawk Scout yeah. and we would have to make up names. Where are they? Where are those they, two? They sent some questions. I in. haven't Did heard they? from them yeah. in years. But we got like 800 questions in a span of two hours. So it's like really we've gotten big time, Bajan. I literally was like, Sorry. Josh, let's do this like the night before so I have some time to look at stuff. And then I started, it was like, what? This is insane. Yeah, it's an so you guys are amazing. So thank you so much for helping us do the show. And very insightful questions. Uh, all right, so before we start, do you guys just want to pull up the teams now so that we don't have to do that? They're right. always yeah. up. Okay, good. They're are always they? up. Yeah, I'm always four tabs, team stats, player stats, standings, schedule, always. All NFL Jesus. Standard, yes. All right, well, let's start let's there. Start right we've there. got We've got this question from a bunch of people. Right. What is NFL Jesus and where can I find it? You guys refer to it all the time. I don't think anyone really gets what it is. So you can take this one away. NFL GSIS. And as an ex-player or anything, I didn't know about it until I started working for New England, right? But it is a NFL game stats information site. That's why it's called NFL GSIS, and you just call it NFL Jesus. Did you call it Jesus, or uh, did everyone call it Jesus? Everyone just called it Jesus, yes. So I went through it, and then, yes, okay. I, I had no idea about it. But I wasn't sure if that was a Sims creation. Yep, no, it was not. And um, it is. It, it can give you, I mean, a breakdown of anything, really, that's gone on in the NFL over the last 20 years. They'll even have some maybe... N- 
bland stats of even history, like the scores of the Super Bowl in 1987, but you're not going to get like a statistical breakdown. But it is a great site where yeah. you have everything in the NFL available to you. I use it for looking at schedules. It's super easy to kind of navigate and go, oh, what happened in this game? Because once you go to like the NFL.coms or the ESPN.coms, yeah. I don't feel like they have the same statistics. I find them super hard to navigate. This is super fast. Um, These are the official stats of the NFL. I mean, this is where... And it's great if you're looking for like snap counts or rosters and or like a sheet of all the guys on the roster it's super easy to navigate it's not publicly available though right it's for coaching staffs and media yeah but it's like i know i mean anybody i know yeah you're right i guess it's not publicly available yeah i mean it's but it's practically but i will say this if you combine that with pro football reference now you can search anything in the nfl because like I was amazed at the fact that the Patriots and the the Patriots are the only team in NFL history right. to run forty eight times and pass forty six times. Yeah, a game. history you, is great for Pro Football Reference. Pro Football Reference when you're trying to find like when I'm going, how does Tom Brady perform in away games in the playoffs? Yeah. I go to Pro Football Reference because huh. you can search all those things. That's cool, and it'll put you up there. I never did that, but that's cool. That's when I use it for the betting. Yeah, show. right. That all right, sense. guys. Next question here from Brandon Meters. Brandon Meters. Hey, who Brandon. are the biggest? Sleeper teams to win next year's Super Bowl with how it ended this year. Ooh. Sleeper teams for next year. Sleeper teams, and I guess we're saying within sleeper teams, we're saying teams that weren't in the playoffs this year. I, I would mean, say, I mean, randomly. yeah, this is a I tough question. So. Yeah, right. But yeah, anyone that wasn't in the playoffs, I would be interested to hear first. Hey, the, the first question is what, to make a surprise Super Bowl run? Yeah. The first team that caught Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, certainly, right. If we're going to get there, right, no doubt about that. I, I still, hey, I'm still going to hold Jacksonville Jaguars in that class. I mean, they get a quarterback that's confident there this year. That defense is still there. Their old line it was banged up this year. I don't think they're going to go anywhere. They're still going to be a pretty top unit. So that would be another team I would look at. Um, I also look at Green Bay. Sure. I look at Atlanta. I look at teams that had a lot of injuries. Yeah. Do I believe that Atlanta and Green Bay are built to make a run right now? No. They need to do well in free agency, need to do well. But they have a quarterback. Yeah. And they have and some special players and, and special they, positions around it. Yeah, yes. Atlanta, I think, is a good one by you. That, they definitely like if they had Keanu O'Neill this year yeah. and didn't lose Deion, Deion Jones, Jones for such a long period Grady of time. Jarrett was back right, up they had the so year. many issues that where I, I still think they were a playoff yeah. caliber team if the injury bug didn't hit them. And I don't know. I never know what the Carolina Panthers are, so I'm not. Yeah, you never know. Is there anybody? You know, okay, I'll throw one out there. Believeland. Yeah, sure. Believeland is one of those teams I would say. I don't know if I want to say Super Bowl run, but I really do expect them to be very much in the playoff combo. I'll say that uh, that much. All right, next question. Edward Kayal, Lefko, we're going to come to you first on this one. Uh Uh-oh. What current non-Gronk player is primed for a career in Hollywood after football? Mm. Current non-Gronk player Mm. primed for a career in Hollywood after football. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up the quarterbacks because those are the guys that usually get the first. Um, But they have so much money, I don't know if they care. Yeah, but at the same point, Acting fame is different than athlete fame. <laughs> yes. And I think that if Aaron Rodgers started doing like some Brett Favre bits, like in Something About Mary, right. I could see him, oh, you're friends with Paul Rudd? Yeah, sure. Come on by a shoot real quick. Um, all right. I'm trying to think of other... Jalen Ramsey, I think, has handsome movie star looks. Good. Where he could be like, uh, you know, Shaft, okay, at some point in his career. Like, what? you remember Shaft? Do you remember the show? Yes, I remember yeah, Shaft. Yeah, okay, I just I wasn't sure. I don't know. You know, I remember the old Shaft and the new Shaft. I'm going to say Juju. 
I think out of all the athletes that really get how it works, what, I interrupted No, no, no. I was going to ask about Juju because I feel like he might just spend his whole life on YouTube. (laughs) Yeah, right. Right. Well, that that might be the new Hollywood in 10, 15 years. Very true. You know? Could be. Uh, Is J.J. Watt not going to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger Mm. part two? I feel like he's going to be like that Howie Long role. Yes, in that firefighter movie. right, right. Yeah, but I could also see him doing so. I just don't know if J.J. Watt is a good actor. You know, because maybe I could totally see him I mean, doing he's like got the chiseled look. He could he could have his own Mr. TV Captain shows America. on Fox like Rock, right? Like The Rock, right? Um, Anyone else? I mean, a Gronkish type character that I think of a little bit, like because we've spent a few moments with him. Who I think if the world got to know him a little bit, like Joey Bosa. Like I look at him, it's like no silly. Way. He's like silly Gronk. He's the same thing. Who's like takes strong him, and athletic freak. It takes him too long to talk. Well, he might get there. And he I snailed you right away. He was yes, pretty he quick did. on his toes there. Like Von Miller's a great personality. Yeah, I don't know. I'm also not sold on Gronk being a movie star, but he'll get the parts where he only has to say four words. Exactly. That's usually what I like the way he looks. It's right. like, okay, great job. All right, my kids tune into that Nickelodeon show. They they know Gronk. Wait, what? You know that Nickelodeon show? Like, they think it's... They he think, has a Nickelodeon show? Yeah, he's had it for like two years. I think it's on reruns now that he's filmed in the summer. Crash Leaked? Uh, no, it was another one, too, where it's like, is that what it is? Sports bloopers. Yeah, there's... Yeah. It's one of those. Like, it's a blooper show that he uh, shows like, host Rob Gronkowski, who is wow. known for taking things to the extreme. How yeah. have we never watched this, Lefko? Yeah. I don't really watch Nickelodeon. <laughs> you want to come over this weekend? We'll watch Crash Lights together. Oh, and then I forgot the number one. My number one over Juju is Travis Kelsey. Oh, uh, yeah. You, when you talk to Travis Kelsey, you right. go, damn, you're really quick. You got the look. Right. You, you're a big football player, but you're not the overly big football player. Yep. Like you're fittable on a plane. Yeah, I'm going Kelsey number one. All right, guys. Next question here from Randy Guerrero. Chris, we are coming to you for this one. What was Danielle's opinion of John Gruden when Sims was in Tampa Bay? Oh, gosh. Uh, well... I don't think she had any strong opinion. She really couldn't have cared less about football. So I think that's where you'd have to start with Danielle more than anything. I think it was more just, was I happy? Was I not happy? Was I playing and happy? Whatever it was. She understood that um, you know, he wasn't always the easiest guy to deal with. But she had no... Danielle's comments on John Gruden would be like, I mean, he, he's funny. He's fun. He's he's really fun. I really like his wife. His wife is very nice. That's I was gonna rare. say, did they ever meet definitely. John and your wife? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh yes, John. His comment to my wife, which is funny because he can be like somewhat inappropriate. No. Yeah, but like in a good, cool yeah. way. But like he's John Gruden. He's got that little smirk on his face. I gotta ask Danielle to get this totally right, and I can confirm this next week. Okay. But he was basically like, he said something like. You're you're hot, like something the like that. The first time they met, <laughs> yes, yes. what was the situation? Like a charity gala? Yeah, Are we talking like, like a practice? It was like something like that. I want to say it was like maybe outside of like training camp. So uh, instead yeah. of going, man, Chris, like, nice I'll kick this coverage. Yeah, you're, you're hot. Yeah, you're hot. Yeah, yeah, like something like that. That's how he would he would do that sometimes, right? He was he's hilarious, man. He. He uh and what's John's awesome. wife like? John's wife is so cool. Cindy is her name and um she went to University of Tennessee. She was a cheerleader there. That's where they met. She couldn't be a nicer a nicer person. Gotcha. All yeah. right. Next question here, the 5 foot wonder. Would Tony Romo have been as successful as Tom Brady had he been in the New England system? And would any other quarterback, for that matter? So, would Tony have been as successful as Tom in the New England system? Ooh. So, my first question would be: Do you believe that Tom has an elite trait in retaining plays? 
Because I believe there have been quarterbacks in our history, Peyton Manning, that have like the Rolodex, that their brain was so impressive. Yeah. Do you believe Tom has one of those elite brains? I'm not going to say it's Peyton Manning. I don't think it's Because that. that was insane. No, I mean, that's why I think you saw always the insane relationship between Belichick and Manning, because Belichick was like, I'm literally having to compete with the other quarterback. He's the one that I have to like start. Mm. I, it's not their offensive coordinator. I literally have to compete with him and what he wants to do with the line of scrimmage. So from a mental perspective. But it's not saying that Brady couldn't be that, but it's again, we talk about this a lot, like the environment you're raised in, and sure. it's, that football environment Tom was raised in was... Never free thinking, probably, until he won like the third Super Bowl, where they were finally like, hey, Tom, what do you think we should do? Mm. Until then, they were just like, Tom, you're going to do this and deal with it. So my question about Romo, yeah. then, would be, he's being seen right now as the football wizard, right. the crazy predictor and all that stuff. And the way he explains football on television is really fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Was he like a great mind at quarterback when he was playing, too? Definitely. He okay. definitely was a... Yes, get them in the right play all the time. They gave him the freedom to do it. It wasn't overly complicated. I would throw him in the category as he didn't even know what he didn't know. Yeah, because that simple offensive offense. system was so simple. It was simple. But it he was would... Witten's running a, a read route where he's reading the linebacker, and then we're just going to go off of Yeah, him. and then like Des Bryant one-on-one, -on -one, and I'll try to figure out. But it was, it was like that, but within what he had been taught in his football life, he certainly uh, was great at executing it for the Dallas Cowboys at the line of scrimmage. Would, would they be as good, getting back to that, I think, the point, of, like, I, I don't know if I would say that. I think Brady has one elite trait that Tony Romo does not. I always will say Brady's arm is more special than Tony Romo's. That's the one thing I think gets under or you know overlooked with Brady. His arm is is big time. I mean, it really is. It always has been. He went through the period where I've talked about his mechanics being messed up, and he was one of the worst throwers of the football. Uh, this was 2010, 2011, 2011, 12, 13, when I was there. I mean, he was one of the worst throwers in football with 10 yards or more passes like that. But, you know, I guess I think there's a lot of quarterbacks who could have gone to New England, like the top-end quarterbacks, like if Dan Marino was in New England. Like, I think Dan Marino would have won five Super Bowls, just like Brady. And i say the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Um, you know, it's hard to quantify the rest. You know, would would uh, would Aaron Rodgers pulled it off against the Giants, maybe? You know, I'd like to say, yeah, because he's Aaron Rodgers. He's more physically gifted than Tom Brady. But that's like... You never know because he hasn't wishy -washy, been That's wishy-washy, right. That's, that's just tough to, to, to say. It is so interesting because we talk about Aaron Rodgers and how maybe his personality would clash with Belichick. Right. But if he was introduced to the system the way Brady was, right. where he was the backup for the first year and then kind of thrust into the scene. Right. But I also think Brady being the sixth round pick kind of created that mindset. It does, yes. With Rodgers being the 24th pick and falling in the draft also created this air of like annoyance. Right. Aaron Rodgers was so much better coming out of college than Tom Brady. He wasn't even close. Well, no, no question. I think that's, you know, again, I think a lot of we've lost context of Tom Brady. He was just a nice piece for the puzzle for a great team early on in his career. I mean, his first Super Bowl, he was 16 for 27 for 145 and a touchdown. And he was the MVP. But he had the one drive at the which end is even with more, Troy Brown on the third down. Which is even more amazing. Because he got like seventy of the yards in that last the drive. Last, the, the, before that, he's like <laughs> he's like twelve of uh, you know twelve of twenty three for ninety yards, yeah. and he's going to win the Super Bowl. It's funny we were talking to you know? Ty Law, which will be an interview that comes out later, but about that defense being forgotten. So many possible Hall of Famers on that defense. I know. All right, we talk about this all the time. All right, uh, related to Tony Romo, Lefko, we're going to start with you on this one. 
from Ryan Sherry. What if Sims and Romo broadcast a game together oh. and Lefko was on the booger machine? Oh, the booger mobile. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that setup? Uh, okay, so my first thing is how would Sims and Romo do in the booth together? Who's doing play-by-play? Uh, I guess I got to do play-by-play. He's the guy. He's got to be the expert. I would love to hear you do play-by-play. Yeah, me too. <laughs> he throws it and he caught it. I would do Pat Summerall. What does that mean? Pat Summerall, like when I go back to watch my dad's old game, he doesn't talk. He just goes, Sims, Bavaro, touchdown. <laughs> and that's the whole game. And I go, man, it's amazing. It's a little great to watch. Joe Buck got yelled at a lot for that too. I, I love he, it. I don't I don't know why we want these people to talk so Deep, much. Deep, back, gone, it's out of here. See you tomorrow night. Like Joe Buck, that's a great shit. I love that. I, I like Buck a lot. I do too. Yeah. Um, so how would I think, you know what? I would be interrupting just like Booger. <laughs> so really it's exactly just how like Adam Lefko is what he's saying. Yeah. Booger might interrupt more than I do. <laughs> Booger every play was like, oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to try and do it. But, um, I think you and Romo actually get along. We do get along. I mean, we always when I've have seen you two together. Yeah. You get along. Yeah. And me are. and him have a body kinship. You do. Right. Well, I mean, that's where you first met him right out there. Uh, he's a great guy, Tony. I think he is obsessed with football just like I am. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that I would have to be the, the play-by-play you guy. Would you be down to ride the booger machine? You're you game for that? I want to say I was guessing plays before Tony Romo. I just We did get some people who suggested that on Twitter. I did. Well, I, if they followed but, our Instagram stories back two years ago, yeah. they would have seen you and doing you it see live. Brian Anderson tweeted out also uh, a couple days ago that the games that he did on CBS with Sims, that Sims was guessing plays. Yeah. Never. I did not see that tweet. Yeah. I think I sent it to you because somebody had sent it to me and I sent it to Josh just like show him. But yeah, Brian Anderson, who works for Turner, he yeah. gave me like a shout out going like, Tony Romo is awesome. I've been with Chris Sims and he's done He's yes. done the same thing. I retweeted it. You did? Yeah. Really, oh, cool. really what it shows me and what I think it should show everyone that watches TV, there are some color commentators that watch film and that understand the game and that are watching the three or four games that, of the last few games. Right, right. And there are some guys that go out there and talk about momentum and pressure and stuff like that. Yeah. And just listen. It's not like, I think the public sometimes goes, oh, I liked watching him, which means I like listening to him now. And it's, no, like... The, some the best players in the NFL are not going to be the best color commentators. Right. Can't have it all. No, it's just that, that's just how it is. Yeah. All right. Next question here from Alex Sixna Sims. We're going to start with you on this one. What position in the NFL would Lefko be best suited for? Also, what's your outlook on the Bears? Okay. So, what position do you want to put Lefko at, and then future for the Bears? I am bullish on the Bears. Okay, that's the first thing I'll start at with the. Uh, I mean, the Chicago sky's the limit. They could be a serious NFC Super Bowl contender for the next five years. I mean, I think that's the way their team's set up now. As far as the Bears sitting to my right here, hmm, he is definitely like yeah. Break down my football attributes. I mean, I would think you're a definite like. H back material. You're like uh you know, use Chris check Cooley. use check out in like uh 49ers. 49ers. Little fullback, little tight end. Yeah, I don't need to get in the hole for well, somebody else. But I'm that's also the way you're built, bro. Sorry. We're going by the way you're built, not where you think you wanna go. How are my hands? Because we're not putting you at receiver. How are okay? my hands? Uh they're they're good. You got good hands. Right, you do just you, tell the people. You got good hands. I and, do. 
you know, I mean, I know you're not tough because you've never really had to do anything tough. Wow. But I think if you came up in the football world, you could you can learn to be that person. So we're thinking H back. So yeah. flex me out, little tight end, right. little Full fullback. Back. You're smart. You can handle it all. But, True. You know what I mean? Uh, I you, would be amazing at the like slip out the back, catch a ball, <laughs> and then run out of bounds after ten yards. Yeah, you're very good at slipping out the back door, aren't you? That's Four years ago, when I met Lefko, he yeah. was comparing himself to Algie Crumpler. Oh, I still yeah. think right. that stands. Oh, yeah, Algie. I mean, hey, Lefko's ass is big, but it ain't Algie's. Algie's okay. ass is like, we could put my coffee and our waters on his ass and walk <laughs> away and come back. That thing was so gigantic. <laughs> I mean, Algie getting his his wife being pregnant in 2008 when we were in Tennessee was one of my great joys of NFL football. Because he Why? just ballooned. Because everything she ate pregnant-wise, he did. He went from like 270 to 290 in like a seven-week <laughs> span. And they were like, what is going on? He's like, my wife's pregnant. He's like, I've been, I've been eating like three peanut butter and jellies with ice cream at like 12 o'clock. Let me ask you a psychological question about football fans. Sure. Why do we love fat athletes? This is all sports, not just football. When there's someone that's a little chunky, yeah. big baby Davis and CJ Anderson right now. CJ Anderson, Mike Tolbert. Is it because they're not threatening? Is it because we believe that we could do that because yeah. we're kind of all fatter than we should be Something in general? Something there, definitely, yeah. Like, but like we like, but we like fatter like, comedians too. Yeah, yeah you know, right. like what, like there's something about it. It puts us at ease. It's like the naturalness too. It's like Babe Ruth. It's like, look, he didn't work out, but yeah. he just he drank beers and he had home runs. That's awesome. Is it because we see somebody like LeBron and go, I will never look yeah, like that? I think that's exactly. I it. think that's exactly it. Yes, because they're just like I. So I tell my little boy that all the time. What do you mean? I go, you're not going to be LeBron James. I just hope you know that. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, no. There's no way you're going. I'm just letting you know where your capabilities are in life, and you going through the lane doing one-handed tomahawks is not going to be in your future. You're such a dream killer, <laughs> but it's amazing. Was there a time in your life, Josh, 100%. that you Fourth thought grade. you could play yes. in professional? What yes. was the moment? What was the game? Because I have one, too. It was. I know exactly what it was. It yes. Was, <laughs> it was fourth grade, right when travel basketball was starting, sure, and sure. I wanted to make the team, and my dad was like, all right, well, then we're going to have to teach you how to play basketball if you want to do that. Yeah. And we went out in the driveway, and the crossover was the first thing I learned how to do because right. I wasn't big or strong, so I needed a dribble move. Sure. And I was like, all right. I can cross over now. My new goal is to play in the NBA. And my dad was like, I'm just going to tell you, that's probably not going to happen. You can work <laughs> very, very hard and try and do it, and yeah. I will support you doing it. And right. I was like 10 years old. And he goes, but I'm just going to let you know, you're probably not going to be in the that's NBA. That's great that he did. I, I, you know, and I did make the team. Yeah, good I for did you. make the team. Mine so. was like second grade, third grade, and I was in some league at Rolling Hills Elementary, and I scored 23 points. And I remember I came home that night, and I could, and I was like, I could have had more, but I passed it. <laughs> and like, I was like, I drew a guy with like a 23 jersey, and I was like, man, what am I going to do with my first check? Because my dad was not. My dad was like, if you keep practicing, right, you have the hand-eye coordination to play upper-level college ball. Hey, well. I don't think he's lying to you there. No, I think I maybe had a chance. You know, if you... And then I went to like an inner city basketball camp right. and I was like, You're you're the same age as me. <laughs> you're right. You're dunking How, already? What is going yeah. on? Why right. and why are you six <laughs> feet tall? Yeah, right. Yeah. That's what's crazy about basketball is cool because you can practice and legitimately get better. And just be a shooter. And, and be a shooter have, yeah. and a great dribble, dribbler and a passer. Yes. And you can do all those things. That's so cool. But then if you do meet the kid that's at some point, at some point where you go, damn, I just met Johnny from uh, you know Brooklyn Lincoln High School. Yes. And he's been doing the same drills I have. And he's 6'4 and has a 40-inch vertical. When we 
we played the yeah. Gauchos, right. which were like the New York sure. team. Yeah. That was my first team experience where, wow, my team isn't as good as I thought we were. Like, <laughs> yeah. we're 5-1 and one in the Dude, league, and the, we just lost by 40. The Groucho, uh, Gauchos, I know. Your yeah. experience, though, I feel like everyone grew up telling you you were going to be a professional athlete. Yeah, well, I think you're working was, on that throw there, Chris. There was a faction that I think, like, you know, wanted to deny me of that. Like, right, like when I was a little little league football, I feel like there was always a dad that was like, you know, I hey, I know he throws better than everybody here and the three grades above us, but my son deserves to be a head coach too. And I was a always like, yeah. yeah, quarterback too. And I was always like, oh, whatever, I'll play fullback, I'll play receiver. I didn't like fret over it. Uh, but then, yeah, I guess when I got around sixth grade, it became so undeniable between my football throwing and my pitching. And your forehead grew, and everyone's like, and he's going to be big. And my feet were like 13, <laughs> and I was 12 years old, yeah. How uh, how fast were you pitching? How hard could you throw it? I mean, my uh, going into freshman year, I, w- I was hitting 90 on the radar. Yeah. Yeah, you fucked up. So I did. A 95-year-old you know, lefty, yeah. like you could have had like yeah. a 15-year career. Yeah, those age. were – I know that it's when I look back at it, I mean – I love football, but baseball, when I would go to big uh, tournaments like the Northeast Tournament, our team, Jeez. and we'd play in Brooklyn against all the teams. I'm getting nervous the just hearing him talk about because I'm thinking about me as like a sixth grader, and then yeah. like, hey, there's Chris Sims. I would be like, and he I'm going to get yeah, I'm he gets off destroyed. the bus. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Rocking his varsity jacket. Those, but wait, what happened? So well, th- I would go to those tournaments, and you know, I didn't know how good I was on a scale of baseball. I knew in my area in North Jersey that nobody could hit my baseballs when yeah. I threw them. But then I would go there and I'd be like, damn, okay, this this is supposed to be the best team in the Northeast and they got two hits off me today. Like, I must be kind of good. Damn. And that's when I started to realize it, yeah. Another level. Yeah, I guess so. All right, guys, next question here. Chase Cohen, if, if each of you guys were a head coach of a team, who would you hire as your OC and DC mm. and why? Mm. You're the head coach. Who would you hire as your OC and DC? I'm taking Kyle Shanahan as my OC. Kyle would be down to work for you? I mean, probably. Well, I'd, hopefully nobody else would want him, and I'd overpay him to gotcha. get him. Right? Perfect. <laughs> He'd probably be like, what? i got to take orders from you? Uh, and then DC. Hmm. I would do, I mean, I mean, can I hire Bill Belichick as my DC, or is that like against the realm? Ooh. If not, I would go with like Brian Flores was another guy I thought of right away. Uh, you'd already take him. I do. I am a big Brian Flores fan. I am. I think that's a big reason why you've seen the improvement in their defense this year. Yeah, is because of him. Uh, but there's other ones too. I mean, Vic Fa- Vic Fangio's in that convo as D coordinator. Wade Phillips certainly would be. I'm going to take the head coach of Washington State, Mike Leach, as my offensive coordinator. <laughs> nice. Because I think he'd be – everyone would be like, your offensive coordinator is weird. You're so normal. Right. And you're putting up 70 points a game. Is his offense good, by the way? It's good for college. I mean, okay. he puts pressure on you by just doing – you know, not overwhelming you with stuff, but he just he's got, he's got all the basics you need for a spread offense. Yeah, I, I think when it comes to OCs, it's the four that we always say. But yep. now they're all head coaches. I know. It's, yeah, you're right. It's McVay, weird. Peyton, uh, McDaniel. Wink Martindale. He could be maybe my D coordinator. Wink. I would like Gus, even though he kind of messed up against the Patriots. He just seems like a good hang. He, well, Gus is a great motivator and certainly will get the team to play. That's for sure. I like your reasoning for who you Yeah, pick. I just because yeah. I, I got to be around them all the time and listen. I'm going to get fired after a year. So I might as well be with some guys. Someone who is less with. normal than you and then someone who's just a good hang. Yeah, because then me and Gus could be like, yo, this leech guy is a nut. <laughs> Total crazy. Yeah. All right. Uh, next question here. Sonny, what trade capital would it take for the Eagles to part with Wentz and keep Foles? Left go. So Nick Wright asked me this on his radio show last night. He said, if the Giants offered you the sixth pick, a future first, and a future second for Carson, would you, would you go? And I, my first thought was yes. And I said, I'm. I'm not sending them to in the division. I'm not going to Washington. I'm not going to the Giants. 
I think if you get a few first-round picks, and I personally, I think it's because Cohn got in my ear about Tunsil, if I would also need some form of player too. Because, look, there's a 40% chance that you hit in the first round with a quarterback. Like, the, like draft picks I always talk about are kind of out there. I want them to stay with Wentz. They would have to be blown away. It would have to be like more than Khalil Mack because the position's more than Khalil Mack. So we're talking like two or three first-round picks, some more picks after that. But I will say from the trading Wentz perspective, his injuries are starting to concern me. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think it's crazy if you lock up Foles, but I don't want to trade Wentz. I would have to be blown away. So that's two to three first-round picks, and I'd also like a viable player. Yeah. I think? I mean, I I agree with a lot what you're saying. Would you be mad if your Eagles traded, like, did Donovan McNabb style and traded Nick Foles to, like, the Redskins, and they started to realize, like, man, Alex Smith can't go? Well, they got to extra blow them out of the water if they're in the division, is what you're saying, which is, I think is the right thing. If you're in the division, it has to be something extra We're added facing on. them twice a year. Yeah, right. And they might be the reason that we don't get in the playoffs. Right, and then you're going to hear, you might be the reason we get fired because The only of it, reason too. I was okay with the McNabb one is I thought he was done. Yeah, right. And so I'm okay if you trade a guy if you think he's done and the yeah. other team's buying the dream still. Right, right. All right, next question. Kevin Vaughn 2. Chris, we're coming to you for this one. I trade him for Saquon in a first. If you give me Saquon in the six, I'll trade Wentz. There you go. That's it. It'll be perfect. Mark it down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kevin Vaughn 2. Who hosted, uh, who hosted Chris Sims on his visit to Texas? Who were some of his favorite college teammates? And did you have any crazy recruiting visit stories? Okay. Um, let's see. Yeah, some Ray Who hosted Allen, you? Bo here. Trahan was my host. Bo Trahan was like special teams extraordinaire, right? White boy supreme for Texas. Yep. And he, um, he grew, I mean, grew up in Texas, of course. His dad was a big-time high school football coach. So he was my, my host, right? The one thing, first of all, I'll say that really jumped out to me from Texas and what separated Texas from me from a lot of the other teams, uh, I really was in love and impressed with the fact that Texas's team hung out together. Where I felt like some of the other teams were a little bit divided, right? Where you know, offensive line was here and defensive line was there, and and I went out, to, I went to Texas, and I was like, man, like no matter where we went, like the whole team was there. This was it was really cool. I thought that's what was special. Now, as far as my like my best buddies, hey, Bo Scaife, Kyle Shanahan, Roderick Babers, yeah, um, tattooed on his leg, yeah, Nathan Vasher, uh, who played DB for the Bears for a number of years, he would Corey be in that conversation. Redding. Corey Redding. Certainly would have been hanging with us Derek too. Johnson. Yeah, uh, DJ didn't hang with us a lot. He was a little younger than us. We did have VY around us more, Vince Young, when he was like a freshman and I was a senior. Like I kind of tried to, hey, hey, Vince, we're coming. The guys are coming to my house to watch the game. We're gonna play Madden. You want to come over? Like he was around. Do you know where Cedric Bo Trahan Benson too? is right now? Bo Trahan. He right- is working in football. Yes, he was doing some college. I'm, I'm guessing he would be a high school coach somewhere at Texas. He's, a, Texas. he's the quarterback's coach for Tulsa. Is he really? Yes. Good for, good for Bo. Bo's the and man. During his fourth season, uh, joined the Golden Hurricane in 2016. Great person, great heart, um, kind of a freakish athlete in his own right. Really? Yeah, he was. He really was. And I'll always remember him for his, he had a tick. He had a tick where he did this all the time. He did the Drew Brees. He did this all the time. That's the Drew Brees. To a point where his right breast would have like a permanent like scab there. And I, you know, of course, me, I call it out. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing this all the time for? And he was a tick, but uh, I don't even know why. I went Any there. memories of Vince as a freshman? 
that you could share? Well, I mean, Vince is a freshman. To be totally honest with you, I never thought he was going to make it as a quarterback. I thought he's going to be a top 10 pick as a wide receiver when this is all said and done. Um, I didn't know if he had just the, you know, I don't know what I want to say. I just, I, at that time, I thought, man, the throwing was very erratic. And I thought, man, he's just an athlete who's like a specialty because Vince is like in his prime was special among the specials, right? As far as an athlete, like when Vince walked out and his legs and ass were in the uniform, even as a freshman, I was like, man, fucking guy's a thoroughbred. Like, <laughs> holy shit. Like, he was freakish that yeah. way. Um, I just remember that one game he played against the Giants yeah. where he, like, beat them right. by himself. Right. And I was like, this guy's ceiling is He's, unbelievable. He was, he was sick. Um, what Roy, Roy Williams was very much in my thing. B.J. Johnson. I can't forget them and Sloan Thomas. Those are like my three amigos at receiver. You, you don't need to say the school yeah. or the details, right? But was there any super scandalous offers at any visits? No, no, nothing super. I was on a visit once with another big time player who became a big time NFL football player. Okay, <laughs> and he certainly was not shy about asking for things on this trip. And they were always like, don't worry, you'll get them at the end of the trip. You'll get them. You'll get yeah. them. And I'm not going to out the school or the player. But I always, that was. What was I, your experience? To, what were you doing? You were like, uh. uh my experience is nothing. I mean, nobody wanted to give me anything, anyways. They're like, your dad's Phil Sims. You're not getting shit. Do you want to come <laughs> here or not? <laughs> That's kind of the way it was. <laughs> Any, right. So, anything crazy happened on the visit to visits, Texas before okay, we move on? Let's see. Visits, I got, I'll tell you another thing. It did not happen, but I had a. We didn't go to the strip club at Texas. We used to go to this place called the Yellow Rose when we were there at Texas. It was right across the street from where they filmed, you know, all right, all right, all right, yes, Days, Days and Confused, confused. where, like, uh, they dumped the paint on Ben Affleck's yes. face. This strip right club was, was right across the street from where that was filmed. That was our spot. I was accused my first year there of, like, being – when you were here on your recruiting visit – you were drunk and out of control at the Yellow Rose. And I was like, I've never been here. This is my first time ever. There was another big-time recruited quarterback who apparently acted a fool, but I wow. got on that. But nothing like crazy from my visits that I can sit there and say. I mean, like, there was no naked girls in my room waiting for me if anybody's thinking about that. Nothing right like, though, the picture of you holding the toilet paper. Well, that was the, for my first day going into the dorm. <laughs> so yes. Good. All right, next question here, Lefko. We're going to come to you first on this one. I'm going to botch this name. Aldwin. McCanton Gay, McCotton Gay. I don't what know how to say it. Uh, isn't this year's Rams somewhat similar to last year's Eagles? Defensive studs, unproven quarterback, but with reliable wideouts and tight ends, stout running game, and a very good coach. Will this help the Patriots in game planning against the Rams? Do you oh, see will the, help the Patriots? Do you see the similarities between your Eagles last year and the Rams this year? I think the big issue, though, is what we talked about yesterday, which was depth. Yeah. Because the Eagles' defensive line... Good waves of guys. Everyone's going to remember Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, but it's also you had like the Derek Barnetts and the Bo Allens and the Tur- Timmy Jernigans. They were like eight deep, which Benny is why... Curry. Which is why after the Super Bowl, when they signed Haloti Nada and Michael Bennett, we were like, what yeah. the hell's going on right, right. now? Um, I think that... I, I don't know if you can game plan. I don't know if it helps the Patriots because I think in interior defensive linemen, you either avoid them or you put your hands together and you pray. Right. That's why they're so valuable. That's why I think the Rams do have a chance because if he can do a Fletcher Cox and put pressure right into Tom Brady's face, there really is no game planning for that no. in, in big passing plays. Right. So I, I And then in terms of the wide receivers – 
I don't know if those wide receivers are a better matchup against the Patriots than the Eagles were because the Eagles have size. At least had size. That's right. And, and 50-50 balls are 50-50. Yeah. But, you know, Brandon Cook's getting jammed at the line or, or Robert Woods. Sure. Um, the fact that Stephon Gilmore's got to go against Brandon Cooks all last year and practice all the time, that's at least one advantage. And I do think that the big difference, saying Jared Goff and Nick Foles are what? What did he say they were? Uh, unproven quarterbacks. The only thing I'll say is there's one thing that we know Nick Foles is really good at, and Jared Goff's not that great at, and it's throwing under pressure. Yeah. When Nick Foles, it was the statistic, when he's under pressure getting hit, yeah. he's freakishly large, he's not afraid of contact, he can make the throws. Freakishly large. Goff can, Goff is, you know, he's got some a little bit more mobility than Foles and right. can move, but I've, I've never seen Foles act sometimes the way Goff does under pressure. Not saying that Goff is, is crazy. There's a lot more guys crazy than yeah. him. But I think Goff had some moments of you, like, we were like, damn, he's cracking under pressure. Like, yes. It's not the same play. Whereas, like, Foles will hit that throw to Clement with a guy in his face, yeah. and you're like, why, how did you even throw that? Yeah, right. What do you think about Patriots game planning for the Rams? Just I don't know the Eagles if it necessarily year. carries over. The, my big thing would be Lefko made a lot of good points. Um, the depth is definitely not quite the same. The Rams might be a little more top-heavy with superstars. The biggest thing I say is the Eagles, again, I think we can't forget, they were one of the biggest teams in football. Like they, like I always go into, like if there was a bar fight that broke out last year, the Eagles would have been in the final three, Like they, no matter what. They, the Rams are a little more speed-predicated right. across the line. They don't have a Brandon Brooks at right guard. They don't have Jason Peters or, or Lane Johnson. They don't have, you know, Fletcher Cox, like you said, and, and Timmy Jernigan. About, and when I think about game planning, it, it would have helped if they were playing – a, a Frank Wright or a D. Filippo offense, yeah. then it would help more because it would have been similar scheme-wise right. to last year. Player-wise, you, you just go, well, they just faced Chris Jones. They just faced Boson Ingram. You know, you yeah. get used to it. Yeah. All right, next question, Chris. We are coming to you first on this one. This one is from Bajan at 007 hey, Sports. Hey. Why don't offenses use more designed pump fakes? Similar to a play action, I feel like you could get a lot of guys to bite on a well-disguised pump fake. Not the two-hand half pump, but yeah. a legit pump fake to the flat or the crosser to open up a deeper route yeah I mean that's, that's a valid question you're right we don't really see anybody do it on consistent basis is right like now breeze does it a lot he, he definitely will to manipulate coverage he does like that little shite little yes. holder you know just a little t- shoulder flinch just to get guys to move Rogers will do it certainly Big Ben was the best I ever saw do it at a period of time there. You would remember? Go, he would do a full pump, and right. you'd go, how did the ball not come Exactly out? right. Big Ben was as good as I've ever seen at doing that. The thing that I think drives coaches crazy about that at times is then they go, wait, no, he was open right then, <laughs> but you were pumping to the first guy, and now you've missed him, right? So that's where I think it sometimes gets um, annoying to a coach to where he tries to coach you out of it in those type of situations. But, yeah, more than not – the pump is called, you know, uh, especially like we saw Brady throw what the out and up to Dorsett at the end of the first half. He pumped it out and threw the up and that was it. But, mm. you know, guys like Mahomes, you'll see them. The pump, uh, you're, you're not going to pump always on every throw. It can't be like a preconceived thing always. You know what I mean? Like I said, you could go back and go, oh, OK, I want to pump the shallow cross to move them. But you don't know really if the guy's movable until the moment comes, right? Where you go, oh, his eyes are actually over there. Let me manipulate him just a little bit more to get the guy behind him the wide open. You don't just pump just to go, I'm going to pump. You know? That's what I did in Madden. It worked all the time. <laughs> when they brought in that vision cone, I'd uh, pump, swing, throw. When uh, I used to have to be Big Ben and scout team, I used to love it. 
Because I was like, damn, I feel like I'm in the backyard again here. I'm just like <laughs> pointing at people, faking, and they would tell me to do it. And I was like, okay, yeah, I got it down. I watched Big Ben on film before we came out here. You're a great quarterback impersonator. I am. I really would I would take pride in it. Like I would watch the other team's guys, her scout team, to go like, oh, this is what he does. He does this move in the pocket a lot, or he does that just to take little things to help the defense. Did any of the defensive guys after the game ever see like, oh, you were like, oh, the way you did it in practice was just like he did it in the game? Tennessee, I got great reviews for my Peyton Manning stuff. Like, they would well, your always Peyton be like, Manning is incredible. Well, yeah, not necessarily just my impersonations, but my doing his gymnastics at the line of scrimmage, having a little knowledge of some of the things he said at the line of scrimmage, uh, and, yeah, trying to execute that way. It's like Schwartz and some of the secondary guys would always be like, man, you were amazing being Peyton this week. Like, that was great stuff. So would you... So it's so interesting because were you on the roster at that time? I was, yeah. So, like, if you had to play... Like, let's say there were some injuries. Yeah. You've spent the entire week studying Peyton Manning's right. mannerisms right. and just getting ready to be an actor. But now they're like, holy crap, how many plays of our playbook do you know? Yeah. I mean, no, I'd be all over our playbook. But yes, you could get in some bad habits physically because you're starting to do something that's really not you and you're trying to intimi- or imitate somebody else. Chris walks out and he's just yelling Omaha at the line of scrimmage. No, it, it happened to doing. me. I'll say this. It's like Daniel Day-Lewis. He like can't lose the actor after a movie. He's it like, is, I'm still Abraham Lincoln. It is weird. I'm not going to lie. There really? Was, there was Wait, a, yeah, what happened? Well, there was a week I had to come in uh, for Kyle Orton in Washington once and I had just spent the previous week being Big Ben all week. And I remember my first few throws... Like, I dropped back and, like, did fake pumps. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, why? I don't need to do that here. Just throw the fucking ball. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, next He's question. A character quarterback. <laughs> right. Next question, cup to cup show. Lefko, this is for you. What advice would you have for a couple guys trying to make it in the podcast world? Okay. Well, first of all, great move by having your podcast name as your handle, Cup to Cup Good advertising. You just got some free promo. I just said it twice. Check out the Cup to Cup show. I have no idea what it's about, but... It sounds like two guys putting their athletic support cups next to each other. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) So the first thing that I would say to anyone wanting to do a podcast, I'm just going to say it. One, find a schedule and stick to it. Because as all of our listeners can attest to, you know when our show comes out and you expect it there, and that's important. We know that. We know that. Yeah, we don't deviate. No, we don't. No, we know our schedule. Because you just want to be consistent. Number two, only talk about shit that you actually care about. Because I hear sometimes where people that are trying to be ESPN or whatever, and they just regurgitate other people's opinions. The thing that I would challenge everyone to do is, if you saw Saints-Rams, right, and you saw that penalty at the end... Don't go on Twitter and to all these websites and read everyone else's opinion on it. You're going to have some kleptonesia, which means you're going to steal things you don't even realize you're stealing. So challenge yourself to go, what is my opinion? Because you might go, I don't really care. And then guess what? You have a different take than everybody else. And then also uh, give a fuck about your fans. And when I say fans, I mean anyone that's listening just because there's not really a good word to describe them because... Your guys are the only reason that we're here today. And so if you interact with them and you talk to them, and then if they give you criticism, they're not just being a troll. I think when I came up in traditional media, it was the comment section's awful or the the message boards are a bunch of trolls. But then I was covering college sports and I was like, there's better information on the message boards in the comment section than the people that I'm working with. So stop. Don't don't look at other people as they're a hater. Realize that like. 
No, maybe there's some truth to what they're saying. So listen to your audience, stick to a schedule, and only say your opinions and what you care about would be my tips. Yeah. Chris, any but, thoughts on podcasting? You yeah. didn't know what a podcast was when we started this thing. No, no, so. I Literally, the first nope. episode was That was the first question. Of podcast I'm, uh, no, I think you guys have steered me in the right direction, and I always follow your lead. I mean, I don't want to be doing this podcast today because I thought we could have done this Monday, but other nah, than that, yeah. because, know, we can't miss the schedule. Can't I get miss it. it. All I'm right. all for it. Saturday Night Live can take a Saturday off, but not a Thursday podcast. Not the week before the election. Time. All right, next question. <laughs> Nicholas Jordan, Chris, coming to you for this one. How much does having a left-handed quarterback affect the playbook and play calling, if at all. You've told the story about Keyshawn yeah. not knowing when, right. the, when your ball spun a different yeah, direction. Right. What about the playbook and the play calls? Yeah, I mean, the play calling, all right, so the throwing is a thing. There's no doubt about that. I mean, the receivers are always shocked the first time, if you, especially if you have a strong arm and you throw it lefty. They're like, whoa, whoa okay, hold on. Hold on. Say, throw me a few more here. Let me get used to that. So there was always that aspect. The play calling, it, it does, it affects the the play caller to a degree, right? You want to call play action passes that the quarterback doesn't have to spin around in some weird direction and turn his back to the defense or anything like that. So John Gruden, yeah, it did annoy him at times that, you know, hey, more times than not, you'd like to call a bootleg for a righty where he comes out, right, fakes the run to the left and comes out to the right. Well, if you've been calling that way your whole life, now you got to go, oh, there's a lefty. i got a favor calling it fake the run to the right, boot to the left. It messes with uh, a play caller and anything like that. Now, from there on out, there's not a whole lot of things. I think it really is just play action and boot passes. You know, drop back pass game, it's not going to change. I mean, I wasn't like, oh, I like throwing the 15-yard out route to my left better than my right. No, I mean, that's, you know, I, I like throwing the out route to the guy who was open. I didn't give a shit what side he was on. And... So nothing else was affected there. How long would people talk about the fact that you were a lefty? Oh. Like, would it be like a constant thing? Would it just be like the first week? Yeah, it, it was always like the first week or two, I feel like, where it was a, it was a thing. You know, um, and, you know I, I had a good arm. I had a good arm. So it was a double whammy to, for people at times where they were like, damn. You expect Sim, a, a lefty Sim, to be weaker? Sims, no. I, just, I think, it, you know, I'm just saying with the both things, like, man, Sims can hum it. Like, right? So that was a, like a shock for, you know, most of the teams that was on there. Like, damn, he can hum it, but then also was spinning a different way. It was like a, a double whammy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Joey Galloway, like I've told you, our first offseason together came up to New Jersey in February, or maybe it was early March, and we threw footballs and went to a field only because he wanted to get a head start on me catching catching the lefty ball. And he we hung out for three days up in New Jersey. That was the story I've told you where he ran 4-4 at yes. high-top Air Force Ones in some windbreaker pants. That's how fucking freakishly gifted My, Joey Galloway is. I'm saying a lot of Fs were today, you able, Were you ever able to do a joke and be like, hey, you guys getting them left-handed footballs? The, the equipment guys were always the king of that. They would do that. So my first through a few throws, it was like somebody like, you know, a rookie or somebody yeah. like gullible like that. They go, oh, man, we forgot to bring the left-handed balls out. And you'd be shocked at how many people fell for the trick. They'd be I, like, really? There's, we got left-handed balls? Yeah, the laces and are a like, little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, they're on the other side of the ball. And they'd be sitting there looking at the ball, be like, wait, how does that <laughs> Do you remember anyone specifically? I that? can't say it was, any, it was never anybody like a Joey Galloway okay. or like that. My was only Keyshawn other follow up like for left handed question right. would be what was Phil's reaction when he realized you were a lefty? Oh, that's a good question. I was a lefty from the start. So he knew, I, you know, lefty runs in his family. And really for them, lefty meant I should be a baseball player. So yeah. he heard that and said, you're a middle reliever. You're a baseball player, yeah. You're a lefty batter, lefty pitcher. Oh, man. I mean, what right an away. advantage. Now, the other thing that lefty thing can mess up, I forgot this aspect of it, 
is the center's ass, right? He is used to feeling a right-handed hand on his ass crack, right? And now all of a sudden a left-handed ass crack. I'm going to bend over. You, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait, but what does it matter? It's still going in the crack. It's, I, it's a little it's different still four feel. knuckles in your cheeks. Yeah, it's just a little different where, okay, I don't know, I guess on his left cheek for a righty, there was only one finger touching his left cheek because you put your middle finger right down the crack, oh, and crap. now he's feeling, okay, wait, there's two fingers touching that crack. crack. It feels a little different to the point where Paul Hackett came to Tampa and he thought it was annoying and he switched my hands and made me put my left hand on the bottom and my right hand on top he goes Wait, I think Paul it's Hackett's better. a coach Paul Hackett was my coach and he thought it was annoying he, why would he think it's he annoying? just that I think his it's continu- he, I think it's continuity for the center just to feel the same hand under there every what time what a traditional coach Paul and, I, and I that had to have felt weird for you right it felt very weird but you had never done it like that before yes not exactly only that right. it's a few extra seconds of switching the ball in your hands no, yeah well no he'd have back. to he'd have to switch the ball in his hands and now make sure the laces went to the bottom hand instead of the top hand right I went to Denver Casey Wigman, who was one of the best centers in football, I now have been switched to where I put the right. But I go, Casey, I need the laces to hit my bottom end. He goes, nope, this is how I snap. You're going to have to change. And I had to change back because he was like 17th year in the NFL, and he was a stubborn, you know, just a stubborn hard ass. Stubborn, hairy offensive line. And he didn't want to hear it. And he's like, no, I've been He goes, I mean, he literally looked at me and goes, I've been snapping like this my whole life. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm changing. <laughs> next day. Yeah, yeah that, that conversation back. didn't last long. Didn't last at all. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Next question here Andy Manso, who is the best overall athlete in the NFL? Mm, best overall that's a great athlete. question. So we always go to the defensive lineman Watt, Clowney. Tyreek has to be up well, there. Well, it's always about what we're, de- we're de- yeah. defining the athlete. That's the first thing we have to do. You know what I mean? Like, are we talking about, you know, athletes' explosiveness, hand-eye, stuff like that? Because I think there's going to be some DBs out there who sure. are going to have th- be fast and they're vertical and explosiveness. They're going to be out of this world. But All the right. first time you see them throw an object, you're going to be like, what? Yes. Is that the right hand you're throwing with? Like, for me, I think Miles Garrett is up there. I think Von Miller is up there. Sure. I think those... Those six foot five, like Daniil Hunter, I think is up there as an overall athlete. But then there's also like the Odells of the world, where their body control, their ability to bend, their flexibility right. is so incredible. I always go to receivers. Seat. You go to receiver. I just receiver because I think it's corner. the best combination of hand eye. Receivers usually can play any sport. Exactly right. I mean, the ones I've played with, they were always top tier basketball players. Timeout. Yeah. Have you seen Patrick Mahomes hit a golf ball? I don't think I ever have. It just came out today. Is that oh, right? Gorgeous. I'm sure he killed right, it. Hold on. It What's the shut. fastest way for me to find it's this? It's on his Instagram story. Okay, I got it. Um, best athlete in the NFL, though. I do think it would be somebody like that. Yep. It would be an Odell, an A.J. Green. Um, you know, even like a Travis Kelsey, I bet you was phenomenal. And when I say athlete, I'm saying I know they're not the strongest or always the most explosive, but I'm saying the combination of being strong, explosive, also having the touch to hit a, a 12-foot floater, you know, all of those things, can hit a golf ball, can swing a baseball back and look normal. That's what I define as an athlete. It's not always about, like, just the strongest and fastest. Yep. You got it. Right. Here's Mahomes. This Hold is on. Patrick Mahomes hitting a golf ball. I mean – Piss missile. Yeah, he crushed it. Form he looks good. like a baseball. Is he in New York City? Where is he at? No, he's at the Pro Bowl playing top golf. Oh. But yep. but I would imagine most most quarterbacks are very good at golf. Mm. Yeah, very. 
My other follow-up to that would be, things. who would be the best NFL player that's the worst athlete? Oh, the best NFL player that's the worst athlete. Mm. Not counting offensive linemen. Yeah. Yeah. The best or kickers. I mean, like Brady. That was the first one that yeah. came to my mind. Yeah, I know. But Brady was pro- probably could go out and shoot 72 playing golf. And probably, like, you can give him 10 shots in the three-point line, and he'll go 9 of 10. Gotcha. Like, you know what I mean? So that's where, like, yep. they're sneaky, those guys. Really? Yeah, yeah. Usually, yeah. I mean, just like we saw with Sam Darnold, right? Matt Ryan could ball. All right. Sam Darnold, we saw him and what he could do playing basketball. Shoot. Right. I mean, usually quarterbacks have tremendous hand-eye. I mean, that's why they're quarterbacks. I would probably say it might be, like, a running back. If you've ever seen a running back dribble a basketball, it's like it's like King Kong throwing barrels. Yeah, at Mario. I, I, w- I would think it would be somebody like that too. Like, I don't know why, but I envision Ezekiel Elliott being bad at like basketball. I bet you or Jordan golf. Howard is awful. At basketball. <laughs> right, right, right. All right. Next question here. Uh, Guido five four one two is the name. Oh, sounds like a nice Jewish kid. Do you view Taysom Hill as a potential starting quarterback in the NFL, or is he a gadget player within certain systems? Mm. This is a you because I think he has a chance. I think he has a chance too. I don't. I don't discount. I don't that. think Sean Payton would talk him up like that. No, I, I don't either. Um, I think he's and still... that ball to Kamara. Yeah, I just can't stop thinking about it. There's potential there. There certainly is. Now, I mean, I haven't. You know, I would like to be able to see the guy like at practice and see him throw more than two passes in a game or whatever, just to see it consistently come out sure. of his hands. But I think I've seen enough to go. Maybe a year or two from now, this this could happen. I was really interested when I realized what his college experience was, yeah. where he was like this great guy, and he just got hurt like six games in every year. And that's where you find the market inefficiency. Right. That's where, like, I'm again, I'm listening to Lombardi's book, and he talks about how Al Davis was obsessed with always scouting high school recruits because maybe they just something happened in college they fell through the cracks right they and, got in trouble or whatever it may and be he started certainly. he would walk around apparently with a parade magazine right and he would have all of them just so he would never because there wasn't the internet back yeah. then but i think about Taysom hill and it's like all the things he was doing you can't control the fact that he was injured a lot right, right. so it what that's the first time i was like oh this kid is special yeah but he is. He's got some. Sp- I mean, he's legit explosive. The the other thing, my question for Taysom is not just can he throw consistently. When you're taking all those hits, not not just twice a game, right? But also like 15 times a game, right? And not just hits where you're the one laying the boom. You're getting that blindsided hit, which yeah. I've never seen Taysom Hill hit. Yeah. But I have faith in his strength. The guy's got a jaw that looks like he should be in a heavyweight bout. Uh, everything I hear is freakish from the guy. It's as just going to be about processing and, and consistency processing, with accuracy, touch, yeah, things like that, all those things. But yeah. but the ability to have that kind of a weapon, yeah. You know, the Lamar Jacksons, the Josh Allens of the world. Sure. Even Sam Darnold's feet, not yeah. to their extent, but yeah, he's but got still, good feet. Yeah, yeah. The modern day NFL, if you can't move, then you're in trouble. I mean, that's, that's all. I mean, we just saw it with Eli Manning and, you know, Mike, the, the Mike Glennon guys of the world. Yes. I think they're done. They're kind of like the Andre Drummonds in the NBA, the centers that have to be under the basket. If you can't go outside, Jaleel Okafor. Yeah. It was the second pick in the draft. He can't play because right. the, the game has moved on. My only thing would be the guys that don't move. You either need you need to have the doctorate in that offense and an offensive coordinator to match. Yeah, and the Breeze and Brady's. Yeah, right. Like the, right. they they are so quick at evaluating the field. It that speed of evaluation makes up for their lack of foot speed. All right, guys, we're gonna go like ten or fifteen more minutes, then we'll be done. Uh, Gabriel Norbert question is: Do you think the Patriots dynasty will be able to live on after Brady and Belichick retire? Mm. So let's say for this question that Josh McDaniels becomes the head coach because yeah. I think that's mm. the interesting thing: is Ken McDaniels carry it on? Yeah. Mm. 
I do think they can be very competitive. I mean, to say that it's going to live on the dynasty, I'm going to say no because this is special. You, this is a culture question. Yeah. Belichick creates this culture yeah. where everyone's accountable. No one's working too much. Right. You know, we're going to keep grinding. Right. Do you believe that that there are people, not just Josh, from like people like the secretaries, the to equipment the, guys? Because hearing about Bill Walsh, George Seifert had a lot of success for a number of years afterwards. Yeah. But when it collapsed, it collapsed hard because it eventually eroded away. Right. Can if everybody stays, can the culture remain the same? I do think it can. I do, um, and I know that's a, it's a very good question by you, Lefko. It's it's rare, but I say yes because one, I've been around Josh, and I was in Denver, and everybody in Denver was in culture shock. And I think that was one of the issues that Josh had there is like, I think if Josh could do it again, he'd probably go, you know, I need to bring some more of my own people instead of having Mike Shanahan's people who are used to one way. And now they got me here and they were like, damn, life is a lot harder. Like the guys in the training room where if you get hurt in New England or do something like that, like you have to be there for rehabilitation at like four in the morning, 430 in the morning. They make it miserable for you, one Right. To be hurt because mm. they want to go, hey, you better get healthier. We're going to ruin your freaking life. Or And two, they make you get extra rehab in. They go, oh, well, it's two sessions a day. No, we think we can get third. Let's start at 4.30 in the morning. So you think for Josh, since the culture already exists yes, like that, right. he'll really be. And do you believe that Josh, and I know you're friends with him and yeah. all that, but do you believe he can have the Belichick discipline to net? Because Belichick never gets too high yeah. and he never gets too low. and. I don't expect anyone to do that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if anybody can replicate it totally, but Josh does have a lot of those similar casual, you know, uh, ways about him. He really does. It's it's a same guy every day, focus, detail, game plan. And I think too, like with a Josh, I also look at just like my mind went right to like, especially if he has Nick Casario still there with him. Nick is his assistant GM. Yeah, that Nick could, is the GM, but doesn't have the title. And is who the, knows more about Belichick's philosophies, Josh or Nick? Cassera? Josh, Josh. Yeah, really. Yeah, because I just even think, with player evaluation, mm, I don't know necessarily with player evaluation, but Josh was very involved in that as well, and of course came up in those ranks as well, like like a Flores that we've talked about, sure. where it really came from the bottom. And has got to see the, really the inner workings of the whole organization and really understands it to where, yeah, I, I do think that it could keep going. I mean, to say it's going to go to that extent, yeah. right, that's, that's... The, the other thing for the Patriots is, you know, Bob Kraft and his son is always there. Yes, right. Jonathan. Do no, Jonathan, do not overlook how important a hands-off owner is in a sport where most of the owners are hands-on. Yeah. He gets them whatever they need in mm-hmm. Bob Kraft. He's a he's a, a lifeblood in there that keeps the continuity together. I mean, I haven't read this Seth Wickersham article about the Browns yet. No, but that's why they're the Browns. Yeah, I did. because you're uh, what it what did it say? It's set? a disaster. That's everything you ever thought about Jimmy Haslam being a disaster. It's a disaster. I mean, his he hired all these experts. To help him hire and a coach, didn't listen to them, and they all voted to hire Sean McDermott. He said, "I'm going to go with Hugh Jackson. I think he relates with the players better." What the fuck was the point of hiring all these people then? Again, it goes back to my old thing: billionaires think they know everything. And, and it goes back to my old thing, right. which owners run their 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 teams like they ran their companies, yeah, like Auto and, J Fly Pilot. And Haslam had a ninety three million right. dollar lawsuit. They're quoted in there too. There's quotes from his wife saying, "We didn't think it was going to be this hard. If we didn't think if we knew it was going to be this hard, we might have not bought the team." Holy right. shit. Yeah, he didn't, dra- he didn't draft Teddy Bridgewater. He went with Manziel because he didn't like Bridgewater's handshake. It's 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 like... Bridgewater's got a weird handshake. Does he? 
kidding. But it's, I've shaked his hand many times. It's not that firm. It's but, some weird stuff. But that kind of stuff, there are owners that make billion-dollar decisions off anecdotal evidence. And Bob Kraft has gone, well, look what I have. I'm going to let this exist. Right. So I, I think the Patriots, if it is McDaniels and they keep the key pieces around, it will not be at this level. Right. But it will still be hot. Yeah, and then and so because you, you said me and Josh are friends, we are. But just so people out there, just in case somebody from New England is listening, okay? Yeah, me and Josh are the type of friends where good game, awesome game plan last week. It's not like we're on the phone going like, it's hey, not Kyle. Hey, what's going on this week? Hey, what are you going to do against the Rams? I mean, <laughs> do you see what? Like, it's not that kind of friendship. I wish it was, but I also know I don't think New- it's possible to have that. It's in New not. New England's not capable of that. None of those. They guys don't have are. time. No, they don't. They're, They're just, robots. Yes. just walking around. Robots. Yep. All right, next question here. Lefko, coming to you first on this one. Sean Shea. What's up, Sean? Who wins an all-in 53-on-53 bar fight, Rams Mm. or Pats? Mm. Let's throw the coaches in there, too. McVay and Belichick. So 54-on-54. I'm taking the Rams. Yeah? I'm taking, well, McVay versus Belichick. McVay versus Belichick would be like McVay comes out shirt off, pecs bouncing, <laughs> and you look over at Belichick and you go, "This is awful." And then like McVay comes up, Belichick grabs dirt, throws it in his face, tears his head off, and then everyone goes, and he goes back to practice. <laughs> like that, Belichick would kill him so quickly. <laughs> but I'm looking at Sue and Donald. Wow, but then I'm thinking about if Aaron Donald and Trent Brown yeah, right? got into a That's fight. That's where I thought of right away. I was like, man, Trent Brown and Aaron Donald. But Trent Brown is an elephant, yeah. and Aaron Donald is a rhino. Yeah, He's got lower leverage. He's a little bit stronger at the point of attack. I don't think there's anyone on the Patriots that could beat Donald. And I think if I go to one of my favorite movies, Troy, where they used to settle fights back in the day, you send out your strongest, we send out our strongest, so we don't have to sacrifice our entire army. Who wins the sewer? Or Donald, though, who are you going to give that? Well, to? they're on the same. Team. I know, but I'm just saying, if you had to pick the one guy, you're going to go. I would Donald? go. I would go Donald. Yeah, yeah. I just, I was explaining this to someone the other day, seeing Donald in person and realizing the front of his chest to his back, that if you and me stood back to back, he's thicker than that, right? And it's all muscle. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Donald over any human. What I'm taking you- the Rams. I'm taking the Rams. I mean, if New England had a week to prepare for the bar fight, then they might win, okay? Yeah, yeah strategy. But we're talking, it's a bar, they're in there, we're having a right. nice peaceful time, and it breaks and out. it breaks out. I mean, Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters, they're yes. going to go eye-gouging. They're going to be like, oh, I got a beer bottle right yeah. over your head. Where, like, Edelman's going to be like, put your dukes up. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, I think it's going to be a different Who style. would win Trent Brown versus Andrew Whitworth? Oh, my gosh. Trent Brown is arguably the biggest human you've ever seen. I mean, really? it's ridiculous. Bigger than Tyron Smith? Yes. Wow. Yes. That was the biggest human I've ever seen. Yeah, no, this is... this. Actually, is... Joel Embiid is the biggest human well, I've ever seen. yes. But in terms of, like, girth. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, this guy weighs, yeah, you know, 40 pounds more than Joel Johnny Embiid. Johnny Hecker would destroy the other punter. Right. right. Johnny he, Hecker is, like, 6'5". Like he is. He's Hecker would be great. I'm going Rams, though, in an yeah. absolute fight. All right, next question. Nate Brisson, for Sims, what position do you want Phillip to play if he made the NFL? Wide receiver? Quarterback? I think it would be one of those, too. He does like the wide receiver, but, I mean, I think quarterback is what he would want to do. It seems to be where his passion is. Um so, yes, I guess it would Have be quarterback. Have you and Danielle discussed how you're going to handle expectations and pressure? Not to get super no, personal? No, yeah, no, I don't know. We really haven't. I mean, I think you know me well enough to know I'm, I'm very honest with my kid. Yeah. Um, he's, he has a lot of the similarities where I do where 
uh, where I was at that age, where I took it as like, um, oh, I hear people whispering about me, or I hear them saying bad things about my dad. Now I'm going to go out here and score 40 on their son, and they're going to really know. He me. heard someone say something bad about no, you. I just think he knows that people know him. He gets, you know, he can feel you eyeballs. Feel Sims? Yeah, right. And he 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 enjoys performing and going. Oh, see, that's a huge thing. Watch me, watch me shoot this shot, and I think he's all in for Have that. Have you built up the confidence? I think, um, no, I really haven't. I think that kind of came in naturally with him. You know, the things I would ever say to him, like, confidence-wise, is like, hey, man, I mean, you know, you got a ball in your hand, you keep playing, whatever, you're going to get better. I promise you that. Those are the things that I say maybe to build his confidence. I'm not letting my kid use a stroller. You know. I'm building those leg muscles up. Right from the start? Right away. (laughs) Yeah. Come on. I'm not carrying either. We're at Disney World. Walk. Yeah. No? All right. Guess you're staying here. Child protection. You're stuck in Space Mountain. Sucks for you, kid. Uh, I talk to kids like they're adults. I know. Like, that's one of my things. I talk to dogs like that, too. Like, I'll be walking down the street and be like, what up, dog? And then the owner will be like, hey. Hey. Wasn't talking to you. Talking to your dog. Talking Talking to the dog. I don't don't believe in baby talk. Yeah, I I hear you. You're going to have a little baby talk when they're I asked Cam with his daughter, and he was like, you can't help it. Yeah, you can't help it. You're just like, I I, I want my kid functioning at an adult reading level by one. (laughs) Good luck with that. Uh, (laughs) N-Coil17, do quarterbacks have a preferred hash mark to throw from? I noticed Brady wanted the ball on the far right hash versus the Chiefs when the refs asked. Yeah, I think it was more not necessarily with him, but that's probably McDaniels in his ear going, we want the ball in the hash for this play. There's something to do specifically with the play. Uh, the hashes for the quarterbacks in the NFL, it's just it's not a it's not a big deal. First of all, they're more talented than the college guys. And since the hashes are so much closer together, you know, you're in the middle of the field no matter what. As compared to college where you're like, oh, they want me to throw the out how to the left? Well, let's go on the left hash. It's a ten yard shorter throw. You know right. what I mean? My Madden follow up question would be I always like to have like plays going to the bigger side of the field. There was more space. Sure. Is the NFL like that too? Yeah. Like, yeah, certain if you're plays. like, we're doing a screen to the left, let's get it on the right hash. Certain plays, definitely. Yes. Okay. Yes. You're definitely going to go like, oh, we'd rather have this one with a little bit more space to play that way. Sure. Now, you know, what you can do in college, though, you know, you can compromise defenses because of the hash, right? Think about if you're on the right hash and now you're very close to the right sideline, right? And you set the bunch formation to the right side. Now the defense has to shift all the way over there into this little short side of the field. There's so much space. And all of a sudden you're Amari Cooper or somebody else is out wide to the left and you're going, look at all this room we got for one-on-one. Mm. He can do all this and he's got more than half the field to run around. What about what about we know that the NFL is into spatial tracking right now yeah. and running? Right. If Do the Patriots want the ball closer to their sideline, forcing it's harder for the other teams to substitute, thus they're also running more to get to their sideline on the other side? Side? I can't say that I've ever heard that one. That's a good thought. I've never even thought about that. But no, I don't. I don't think so. Quarterbacks might like to throw certain throws to one side more than the other, but I don't think the hash is going to dictate it uh, a whole lot. Hey, the one thing about running, though, I mean, I, I, New England's running wind sprints this week, and I hope the Rams are. Just saying, because New England, you know, everybody talks about New England's a four-quarter team, yeah, because they fucking prepare for it all year long. 
They don't like go like, oh, we're in shape, we're in season shape now. Like Belichick, they blow the whistle and go get on the line in week seven and week 14, and it never changes. And it was the only place I was ever at that did that, where the rest of the league is like, oh, we're in game shape now. We don't need to run anymore. And then we wonder, I mean, have we ever said, well, New England looked tired in the fourth quarter. Have we ever said that? Like, never. It's I a- just realized, do you know when an athlete posts like a picture at the movies and you see that like tweet that's like, you should be practicing right now? Your issue is now with the athlete. Your issue is with the coaching staff. Yeah, that's right. Because the athlete's not deciding when they have practice. Mm-hmm. If your issue is with them doing something in the middle of the day. And Talk you to your think coach. Yeah, it's, it's your coach that's setting the tone. Mm-hmm. Did you see DJ Swearinger took a bunch of shots at Jay Gruden today? Did he really? On Instagram, in an Instagram comment to another football player. He said, look, he goes, some people just aren't born winners. He goes... I was a, disrupt- a disruption because I wanted to practice harder, and I didn't think that we were like going hard enough in practice. That's why I was a distraction. But yeah, it's, he, he kind of got to be out careful. Yo, he won't get he's another gonna team. Hurt if he keeps, right, yeah. He's going to hurt himself. All right, next, I appreciate his honesty. Yes. Next question too. from Josh. Good name. Does Mister Number Seventy Blake Bortles end up on someone's roster next year? If so, where does he fit best? Yeah, that's a really. I I, I had somebody ask me this recently, and I. I I'm not sure. I, I'm really. I'm not trying to be a jerk or anything. I'm just going to say what I always say. When teams watch Blake Bortles' film, they're not going to go, wait, oh, yeah, we want an unnatural thrower, a guy that's not very gifted thrower, to be the guy that comes off the bench and just has to throw it on a whim. I think that's going to, to hurt him there. I just thought of a situation. Oh, boy. That would be so perfect for Sims and Lefko. Oh, boy. The only place that would really take Blake Bortles, and don't interrupt me because you're going to figure I know where it, you you're already going. Know, I already know. Is a place in which he's already comfortable with the offense. Right. A quarterback that he would never, ever be in a competition with. Right. And somebody that if he had to do spot duty could be in an offense where maybe they used his running and it's not going to be that much of a pull. What if Blake Bortles gets signed by the Packers? What if he's backing up Aaron Rodgers in Nathaniel Hackett's offense because he already knows it, he's non-threatening, he's a good guy to have in the room, he can make it really, and he could, I don't know if he's going to explain the offense to Aaron Rodgers. Well, no, he could. He certainly will at the start if if he's there. If number one and number 70 are in the same locker room. Yes. Well, you're number two now. That's true. This year, number two. Oh, yeah. For the podcast listeners, I have Mahomes at number one. Gosh, damn. Just one year prisoner of the moment. Jeez Louise. Can't believe you're turning on. Where do you have Mahomes right now? Two. So you have Rodgers one, Mahomes two? I'm still going Rodgers one. If Rodgers was on Kansas City, he would have been in the same scenario and maybe would have won. I don't think so. Who do you have at number three? That's a good question. I don't even know who I have at number three. I haven't really had to do this in a while. Yeah. Um, we'll do this after the Super Bowl. Yeah, but okay. Russell Wilson. Russell's, I think, probably the guy I do look at. Russell. Well, we're doing this to Brady again. Shit. Yeah, well, Brady's not there at this point. But, I mean, he's, can't avoid he's still it. up can't there. Uh, all right. Let me get this last Mass question effort. pulled up here. You know, again, like, you want to hear some food for thought with Brady, right? Like, this is just, like, something that I am – I. We all wax poetically. He's amazing. Again, I'm just giving food for thought to put things in perspective for people. All right? We go Brady and we go, oh, look at this late game magic. And he executes and he's clutch as hell. But really, what are we looking at? I mean, 
a slant route to Gronk. I know. And Everyone's t- seen the video. I know. I'm not trying to be a yeah. jerk. I'm just trying to say that. And then I want to go, okay, now let's look at Aaron Rodgers' degree of difficulty in these same situations. Oh, fade away 35-yarder with a guy in his face over a hand for a touchdown against the 49ers. Oh, um, I'm in the pocket. I scramble left. I stop. I continue to scramble. 40-yard laser down the sideline to beat the Dallas Cowboys in the divisional playoff game. It's not an indictment on Brady. I'm just saying that Brady is set up to deliver more in those situations. That's I just want to add to him saying wax poetic. This is a phrase now that's like burned into your lexicon. It is, yeah. And it started from editors at the old Bleacher Report office, right. Andre and Glenn, and they would be like, and Casey, and they'd be like, oh, why don't you wax poetic? And then I said it, and then you took it. I guess And so. I'm looking to the origin. Yeah. It goes back to the moon with waxes and wanings. Mm. And in like the 1500s, it started to be used as a describer. Ooh. But I just- I like the moon. You love wax poetic. I do. I definitely do. It's it one of good. mine. Yes. It's a great one. It is. Uh, all right. So last question here related to that a uh, bunch of people asked this what is our favorite simsism as a podcast so we've got piss missile we've got rocket wobbler we've got reading uh, between the lines reading between the tea leaves uh the back porch constantly brought up these last couple woody, weeks woody used to have post-it notes of things I'd say, of things you say, and I am going to say that my favorite Simsism is smoking mirrors, <laughs> because I thought that was so hilarious that he would use it all the time. He'd be like, "It's all smoking mirrors." Somebody did it this week too on TV, and I thought of you because I was like, "They said it the way." Because I, I always did it. use the French accent. Yeah. Oh, I am a mirror. You look into my face. You look into my face. <laughs> yes, yeah, smoking mirrors. I always thought that's was your great. favorite. Yes, I think I would say though that at the end. I'm tired of quant of unqualified people making qualifying statements. Yes. is your best one. Thank you. I believe quantifying. It, you used to drive you crazy when I say it because you said I, you just used it all the time. Oh, yes, it was I just willy nilly right. things that weren't even about numbers. <laughs> so. I think having a vested horse in a game was one of my. I don't know if I would say it's my favorites, but it, it, it really caught me off guard. Combined having a vested interest and also having a horse in the horse race. Horse in the race. Yeah. Having a vested. Horse. I've got no vested horse in this game. I can't believe I do that. That is really and, crazy. And uh, you even... also like to throw in the white towel. Oh, I do like to throw in the white towel. <laughs> you hey. don't wave the white flag. No. You don't throw in the towel. No. You throw in hey. the white towel. Rocky, about Rocky. Rocky, Rocky four, three. he threw Rocky in the four. white towel. When when Drago was kicking the shit out of Paulo Creed. He did. He threw in the white towel. Yeah, but I'll go with smoking mirrors. Thank you. It was just a classic. Thank you. All right. That's all I got. I never want that to end. I love the I mean, we, could, we have 800 questions. We could sit here and do this all day. Okay. You got anything to do the rest of the day? You want to tape another one? No. I got... Oh, I have to... Yeah, I do have things to do. Sorry. All right. Yeah. All right. So if you are... Uh, in Atlanta or you're coming to Atlanta this is the schedule just so everybody knows one more time pods on Tuesday and Wednesday show on Thursday pod on Friday they're really all the same thing 5 o'clock Tuesday 5 o'clock Wednesday 6 o'clock Thursday 4.30 Friday. Awesome. I am. We're going to be hanging out afterwards. If you guys want to kick it and all that stuff, it'll be great. Dan Tanas, we're going to have a bunch of cool guests. It's going to be great. And thank you for the listening all year. It's Super Bowl time. Yeah. Four Sims. Peace out, homies. Four Fendrick. Good evening, everybody. And I am the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. And we will holla, holla, holla at Dan Tanas. Josh, shave your chest today. I think you Ooh. shaved some upper chest hairs there. Yeah.